take a moment um, to pray. Uh, Pastor Sterling, if we could get um, a few things in, in place there, if I could use your help. But let's pray this morning. Jesus, God, I thank you. God, thank you for what you've done this past year at AFA. God, that even in chaos, even in, in struggle, God, that you are still in charge. God, you always have been the leader of this church, and you always will be. God, this is your church, and we give it to you again today. God, I pray that you would continue to do the impossible, that we would continue to see lives changed and lives transformed. God, in the years to come, be with us today as we look into your word. God, would you change us? Would you challenge us today in Jesus' name? And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, well, today uh, we are continuing our Think Smaller series today, and, and this is our last one in this series. I'm excited uh, for what God is going to do. We, we looked last week at this door, and many of you put prayer requests on there. And, uh, man, God's even working. I, I heard testimony just this morning that uh, one of you guys put three names on the door, and before they left the building, all three names had, like, contacted them that day and said, hey, we, we need to get together. I mean, God's doing a great work, and I believe that God's going to continue to do uh, great things as we look in this Think Smaller series as we continue on. And so this morning, uh, before we really jump into God's Word today, I need a volunteer. I need a brave volunteer. I won't make you do anything embarrassing uh, to come on up. Do we have do we have any do we have any volunteers? Come on, let me see those hands. All right, come on up, come on up. Perfect. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Come right on down. We'll, we'll stand right over here. All right. I got a microphone for you. It's on. It's ready to go. Uh, and tell everybody, what's your name? My name is Marcus. 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 Marcus, we, I've got an opportunity for you today. And I need you to, to help me out to make this tough decision, okay? It's a difficult one. So it's kind of like, you guys ever seen Let's Make a Deal? Yeah. We're going to make a deal today. This is all hypothetical speaking, but we're going to make a deal today, all right? Uh, so two options. Two options for you. Option number one, I got my checkbook here, and uh, for the next 30 days, I could write you a check for $1,000 a day. Does that sound nice? Would you like that? That sounds nice. Here, make sure you hold the microphone right up there. Sounds nice. All right. Or you can have what's behind door number one. Actually, no, we're not going to do that. Um, There's nothing behind the door. You wouldn't want it. No, the second option is this. For 30 days, I'll give you a penny. But every day I'll double it. So a penny today, two pennies tomorrow, four pennies the next day. All right? So I want you to think, which one would you rather have? For 30 days, I'll write you a check for $1,000 or a penny doubled every day for 30 days. What do you think? What would you like to do? That's a math problem, isn't it? (laughs) Don't think too hard. You got this. Which one would you rather have? thousand dollars a day thousand dollars a day for 30 days or a penny doubled every day for 30 days which one would you take which would you take i would probably get a penny the penny are you sure (laughs) all right let let me let me let me do some math for you all right one cent two cent four cent eight by the end of a week I'm going to be giving you one weekend, 64 pennies, all right? You can show that next slide. 64 pennies, 64 cents a weekend. Do you still want the penny? It's a tough choice. 
$1,000 a day, penny doubled, you're at 64 cents seven days in. Still want the penny? You still want it? Okay. All right. What if I would told you two weeks in, 14 days in, this is how much I'm writing you, $81.92. That's it. You still want the penny? You can manage that? All right, how about I increase it? What if I write you a check for $2,000 a day? What do you think? Yes? No? Here, you can ask, what does everybody think? $2,000 a day or a penny? You're still on the penny? Okay, fine. Man, you're really $5,000 a day. I'll give you $5,000 a day for 30 days. All right? How's that sound? You're still taking the penny? Oh, man. I'm trying here. 10,000. A week. No, 10,000 a day. I'll take the penny. You're taking the penny. I don't know how much more I got in the bank account here. 20,000. I will still take the penny. Still taking the penny. Yeah. All right. You know what? You are a smart man because this penny doubled on day 30. It would take all the way to day 22 to catch up, but on day 30, you can put it on the screen, you'd be making... $5,368,709.12. So you chose wisely today. Here's your penny. <laughs> Give it up for Marcus. Marcus is a smart man. Maybe he got it because this, this sermon's all about saying, think smaller, right? A lot of times when we see that, that money in front of us, like even if you had $20,000 every day for 30 days, right? Do the math, $600,000. You wouldn't even have anywhere close to that $5 million. And you'd actually be at close to $11 million over the course of, uh, if you add all those together. So it's amazing what can happen when we think small. Most people discard pennies and, and get rid of them. But, hey, next week, like we said, next week is BGMC Sunday. And, and we ask the kids to bring, their, uh, to bring their change. If you don't know what BGMC is, it's Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And it's a great way for our kids to get involved with, with missions and provide much-needed supplies and resources for our missionaries on the field. Um, so next Sunday, they're going to be bringing all their change down. And it's amazing to see how God, uh, when we all come together, how he just multiplies that change. And he uses it to do incredible things all over the world. And uh, so a penny may seem insignificant, but let me tell you what. A penny uh, can go a long ways, especially when it's doubled, when it's doubled. And so we're believing for God for great things. In fact, uh, next week we're going to be doing, our all month next month is, is our missions month, and we're going to be doing a special challenge with our BGMC for kids and for Speed the Light is our missions program that provides uh, vehicles and sound equipment for, uh, that our youth raise. So we're going to be working together, BGMC and Speed the Light, our kids and our youth, and coming together and, and doing a big challenge uh, to see how much money we can raise in one month uh, for our missionaries. So it's going to be incredible what God is going to be doing. But this last week, like I mentioned before, we've been looking at this closed door. And, and many of you, you guys came up and you put sticky notes all over this thing of maybe people that you wanted to see reach for Jesus. Uh, you, you put sticky notes of, of dreams that God's given you, of ministries that you want started. You put addictions on here that you want to see broken. And all these different things, we've been praying for them all week. We're gonna, we want to continue to pray for these needs. And today I specifically want to talk about the names that we see on this door. Because those names are a big dream. Those names are a big dream that we could see those people come to Jesus. 
And these names are, I want to focus on because this is the dream that God has given the church. In, in Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. That's kind of a big dream, right? To go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody, all 7.75 billion people. That is a big dream, right? Uh, Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's where we're supposed to go, all the way to the ends of the earth, not just in our community, but around this globe. And 2 Peter 3.9, this is another thing that gives us an idea of God's heart for this world. It says, the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. He doesn't just want like 20% or 30% or 75% or 99%. He wants to see everyone come to Jesus. Every last person is precious to God. God's desire is that all people, all 7.75 billion people come to know him. So that's a big dream. That's a big dream to go around the planet and tell everyone that Jesus died for their sins, that he rose again, and that through him we can have freedom and we can have eternity in heaven with him. But that's, that feels like a big closed door, right? How, how's one person, how's one person going to reach all those people? How's one church going to reach all those people? How are we going to do that? That's a big dream. I mean, back when Jesus said this thing, uh, they estimate there was maybe 200 to 300 million people on the planet. That feels a lot more attainable, right, than almost 8 billion people. Now, they didn't have all the transportation and all the electronics that we do today, um, so maybe we've got the advantage there. But, man, we got a lot more people. And I, I want you to hear this. We, I gave you these stats a couple weeks ago, but 5.4 billion people on this planet don't know Jesus. 5.4 billion. That's a big door. That's a big closed door. How do we reach 5.4 billion people? And of those 5.4 billion, 3.3 billion have never even had a clear gospel presentation given to them. They may have never even heard the name of Jesus before. 3.3 billion. There, there's 7,500 people groups out there who are unreached, who don't know Jesus, who, who, who don't even have a Christian witness among them. There's a big closed door. There's a big dream out there. But how do we do it with so few people? Uh, this morning, everybody hopefully received a domino when you walked in. If you didn't receive a domino, ushers, can you help me out and distribute? If you didn't get a domino, you can raise your hand. We'll, we'll get one to you. Um, so, yeah, just kind of keep your hands up. Ushers will be around. And we'll make sure we get you one. Uh, but everybody received a domino this morning. And as a kid, wasn't it fun playing with dominoes, Right? This is, this is my domino set from when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, they've got all of these numbers on them and stuff. But I'm pretty sure as a kid I didn't even know what, what you were supposed to do with those things, right? Uh, so what we did was we just, you know, you lined them up. And this is how you play dominoes, right? This is the proper way. Oh, wasn't that rewarding? Aren't you guys jealous? I don't want you to see you guys lining up your dominoes in the pews, though, yet, all right? Just, just wait for that. But it was a lot of fun uh, to hold our, hold our dominoes, play with those. And uh, I want you to hold this domino in your hand. I want you to look at it. Because today, 
this domino, it represents everything that you have. Okay, this, this domino is, is all of your talents, all of your abilities. It's all 24 hours that you have each day. Uh, this domino, it, it represents your personality. It, it represents all of the knowledge and all the information that you have. It, it represents the network of people that you have and the connections that you have. So this domino represents everything about you, okay? So just picture that with me today. And we got this door over here. And this door represents the door we need to, to move and to make happen, right? And, and the funny thing is if you put this, this domino next to this door and you try to knock it over, it didn't even budge, right? And even if you took everybody's dominoes and you lined them all up and you got the momentum going, I mean, it started up here and you made a big chain all the way around the sanctuary and it came down and then all of a sudden it wouldn't do anything. I mean, you can have all of your might with this domino and you can go to that door and just say, open. And it's not going to open, right? It's not going to work because your everything is not big enough to open up a lot of closed doors in this world. It's too big. You can't save anybody. Only God can. Only God can. So I want you to picture that this morning when you look at that, at that domino. This is everything you have. So let me ask this question. What do we do? What do we do when we face a dream that's too big for us? When we face a door that's just too locked shut, that's too closed? Do we give up? No. No. We need to think smaller. Right? We need to think smaller. And so today, I want to show you how this domino can open that door. All right? I want to show you how what we have, God can use it to do incredible things and open closed doors. I want to show you how the limited resources we have can put a dent into that 7.75 billion people, can put a dent in those 5.4 billion people who don't know Jesus, that we can make a difference. So if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to open them up to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I'll give you a little context for what's happening in the scriptures when we turn here. Uh, Jesus is out one day and his disciples come to him. And they go up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And I'm sure they ask this out of pure motives. Yeah, right. Right? No, they want to know, all right, remember, you know, Peter got to walk on water, but, you know, uh, I had faith here and all this. And they're jockeying for positions, and they're like, I want to be the greatest, Jesus. What do I have to do? And so getting this question, Jesus, he calls over, he, he sees over there a group of kids maybe playing, and he calls over one of the kids to his side. And he calls this kid over and and he says, all right, all right, guys, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be humble like this kid. You got to be humble like this little kid. You know, some of you guys, you, you walked over here and you didn't even notice it. Does anybody know this little kid's name? No, you guys didn't even pay him attention, right? But this little kid's important. This little kid has value. And, and so he's, he's telling them, you got to be humble like this little kid. And then he goes on to say, uh, in the next verse with this, this kid still standing next to him in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, he says this, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. 
what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would use it to speak to us today. God, that it would cut to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. First off, how cool would it be to be the little kid in this passage, right? The rest of your life, you can go around saying, Jesus used me as a sermon illustration. I mean, like, how awesome would that be? He probably walked around to the disciples afterwards and and said, you should be more like me, right? I've got it all figured out. And, And I bet that was a pretty neat experience for that kid. But, but Jesus reminds the disciples in this passage that he wants all people to be saved, even the ones that you view as insignificant, right? I, I wonder how many times did the disciples pass this kid? How, how many times did they tell him, hey, get out of the way, kid, move, move out of the way? And Jesus is saying, no, you don't understand. This kid has value. This kid is just as precious to my father as you are. Everyone, it doesn't matter their size, it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their nationality or their culture or what language they speak, everyone has value. Everyone. And so he goes on to tell the story of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and one of them runs off. We don't know much about the sheep. The sheep could have been, you know, the one that nobody liked, the one that had no friends, that smelled funny, but yet the shepherd still left the 99 And he went after that one. And when he found that one, he rejoiced. And and he got excited. And so today, let me bring this point to you. Before we can reach the world, you have to reach the one. Before you can reach the world, you have to reach the one. We have to be willing to go after the one. Because God cares about the one. Even the smallest child, God cares about the one. It, It matters. Each person matters. Looking around at the disciples, you guys are so caught up in being the greatest. But you'll never be the greatest until you're humble. You'll never accomplish great things until you're willing to start small. Until you're willing to think smaller. Until you're willing to go after the one. You know, I'm so thankful for our children's ministries here at AFA. I'm so thankful for our leaders. I'm thankful for our Wednesday night kids leaders. Um, I'm thankful for our bus ministry team who's busing kids in every Wednesday night. I'm thankful for our kids' own leaders and and our early childhood leaders who are are helping our kids out right now. I'm so thankful for each and every one of our Sunday school teachers because God is doing incredible things in our kids. You know, some of you, you go up there on Wednesday night, I mean, that place is buzzing. Some of you might get up there and just be like, wow, there's a lot of energy in that room. And I think I'm just going to take a couple steps back. You know, but then, then our teachers get in there and they go into the fire, right? And, they, and they, they love on our kids. And it's powerful because think about it. How many people here today that you're the person you are today because some kid's leader, when you were a kid, told you about Jesus and changed everything, right? And that's what our kid's leaders are doing today. They're realizing they're chasing after the one. They're chasing after the one. They're, they're not the only ones. When, when you share Jesus at work, Man, you're chasing after the one. You're chasing after the one. Oh, we were just talking, this Wednesday night, somebody brought a friend on Wednesday night. They, they're at work, and they're just like, hey, I'll feed you supper, and uh, you come on out to church with me. Deal. 
They gave their heart to Jesus on Wednesday night. It's chasing after the one because they share Jesus at work. Uh, when you go and you tell your neighbor about Jesus and what he's done in your life, you're chasing after the one. When you talk about Jesus around the dinner table, you're chasing after the one. When you share Jesus to some random person in front of you at the grocery store, you're chasing after the one. When you take time to pray, pray over these names on that door. Pray over your loved ones who don't know Jesus. Uh, pray over those that you may never meet on a continent that you've never traveled to on the other side of the planet. You're chasing after the one. So what happens when we go after the one? When rather than getting stressed out and looking at that door and just thinking it'll never happen, I should just give up before I start. But, but when, we, when we say, I'm going to chase after this impossible dream, we allow God to do something even greater. See, in John chapter 4, uh, we see Jesus chase after the one. And this isn't unlike what, what Jesus does. I mean, Jesus chased after the one many times. There's, there's always crowds of people following around Jesus, right? There was always people crowding in. They always wanted to hear what Jesus was going to say, see what he was going to do, what miracles he was going to perform. But he always took time for the one, even in the midst of the crowds. Uh, I, I think about Zacchaeus, right? He was a little guy. And so he climbed a tree. And even though there's crowds of people around, he looks at Zacchaeus and he says, hey, I'm coming to your house for supper tonight because I care about you, right? And, and he went after the one. I think of the woman who had the issue of blood. Even though uh, Jesus was, was surrounded, people were constantly rubbing shoulders with him. They were, they were walking. All of a sudden, uh, this lady comes up and touches him, and he stops, and he says, hey, who touched me? His disciples were like, uh, everybody touched you, Jesus? I mean, come on. No, this one was different. Felt power go out from him. And, and he turns around, and he sees this woman. And he takes time to chase after the one. See, that's what Jesus does. He goes after the one. The, the, the day where he's in teaching in a house and places standing room only and there's no place to move. All of a sudden, four dudes start lowering their friend through the ceiling. And Jesus takes time to talk to the one, to go after the one. So he didn't push people away, but he cared about them individually. And so in John chapter 4, we see Jesus again chase after the one. Uh, he was going on his way, and uh, he actually took a route that most Jewish people wouldn't. And he decided to go through Samaria. And he winds up at a well with a woman that he shouldn't be talking to, culturally speaking. She was a woman. He was a guy. She was a Samaritan. He was a Jew. She was a social outcast. You know, he, people were following him everywhere he go. He was at the top uh, of the, the status, I suppose, at that time. So all these different things were stacking up against him, but yet Jesus chased after the one. And it was in that time in John chapter 4 where Jesus asked her questions. Hey, how are you, what's going on? And he began to tell her things about herself that nobody else knew about. He said, you've had five husbands and the guy you're with now, you're just living with your boyfriend now. And she's like, how, how do you know that? How do you know that? You don't know me. And it was in those moments when her eyes were opened and she realized that Jesus was the Savior of the world that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah. And her life was, was never the same. And in that moment, because Jesus took time to go after the one, it was like one domino fell. One domino fell. But what's interesting about dominoes, what's interesting about dominoes is that dominoes have uh, an, an interesting theory about them. Uh, 
let me tell you about it. Because there was a scientist who, who made a whole paper about this in 1983. He was an engineer named Lauren Whitehead. You know, and, and she wrote uh, about the domino chain reaction. Of course, obviously, if you knock down one domino, it can knock down a, a chain of dominoes. But she also wrote that a single domino has the, the power to knock over a domino that's a size and a half bigger than itself. So a two-inch domino can knock over a three-inch domino. A three-inch domino can knock over a four-and-a-half-inch domino, so on and so forth. Uh, so today, that, that might look something a little bit you know, like this. So you, you, know, you take your first domino, you, you set up the second one, you set up the third one. These are really cool dominoes, by the way. Set up the third one, set up the fourth one, and they just can kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you knock one over, it just keeps on growing, right? It can knock over this book. And uh, if you keep going that out, 15 dominoes in. You guys been to Storybook Land over there? You know, Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, that, the tall one, fee fi fo fum guy, right? 15th domino could knock that beanstalk over. It's kind of crazy. That after only 15 dominoes, it would have enough multiplying power to knock over that beanstalk. 19 dominoes in, you could knock over the Statue of Liberty. 22 dominoes, you could take out the Eiffel Tower. 23 dominoes, the One World Trade Center, the biggest building in America. And in 24 dominoes, only 24 dominoes, you could take out the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, standing at 2,717 feet after just 24 dominoes, after just one little knock of a two-inch domino. So I want you to listen to what happens next in John chapter 4 after Jesus knocks over that first domino. Starting in verse 39, it says this, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. Dominoes, right? Jesus knocked over one, but then the woman goes back to her town, and she starts telling everybody, guys, you're never going to believe this. I met this guy, and he knows more about me than he should. And I really feel like this guy is the Messiah. This one is the Christ. This one can make a difference. This one can change your life. And it said that that one domino, it knocked over a bunch of other dominoes in that town, right? And a bunch more people, all of a sudden, they started coming to Jesus. They come out, and when they meet with Jesus, now all of a sudden, even more. And the next domino falls, and the next domino falls. And now because Jesus reached out to one person, because he took the time to go out of his way, right, to, to reach out to a woman that he shouldn't have been talking to, because he knocked over one domino, an entire town was changed. An entire town. Imagine what God could do in, in your life if you choose to surrender everything you have and knock over that first domino. See, I believe that it's God's plan to reach the world one person at a time. It's God's plan to reach it one person at a time, one conversation at a time, one miracle at a time, one domino at a time. I mean, think about it. Today, maybe you're the only, the only Christian at your work. Maybe you're the only Christian in your family. Maybe you're the only Christian at your school. Well, you could get overwhelmed and say, you know what? There's no way I can tell everybody about Jesus. I can't do it. 
But could you tell one person about Jesus? Could you think smaller and tell one person about Jesus? Think about that. Could you tell one? Because you know what happens? You reach out to that one, they get saved, and now you've doubled the amount of people who know about Jesus, right? In your family or, or at school, you've doubled them. And then those two people, now you can go reach two more people. Now you've got four people who know about Jesus. Now those four can reach eight, and, and eight, 16, and 16, 32, and 32, 64. And before you know it, this domino effect happens. And we see God do the impossible, right? We see God uh, take this domino effect and, and change our lives, and it doubles everything. And so we believe that God doesn't want to just do like a linear progression. He wants to do an exponential progression in our lives. I believe that. Lana, would you come? You know, next, next month in October, we're going to be doing a missions month. And I'm so excited for what God's going to do uh, in our lives. We're going, to, we're going to talk about what we can do to change this world. How we can take that one little domino and make a big, a big impact in our world. Uh, we get to bring in like three or four different missionaries that you get to hear from in, in the next few weeks. And so it's going to be a powerful time. And everybody's going to be in it, our kids, our youth, and our adults. And I believe God is just going to do the miraculous in the next month. Uh, so come back ready and excited to hear uh, in the next couple weeks. You know, we've been, again, we're going to continue to pray over the names on this door. Because I believe that God's going to answer these prayer requests may not always be in the way that, that we think or in the way that we, we dream up, but God will answer. God is going to make a difference. And I believe he's going to open many doors. He's going to open doors for us to reach people for Jesus. He's going to open doors for you to be freed from addiction. He's going to open doors for you to start new ministries. I believe that. I like this verse. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. It will be on the screen. It says this. It says, it's God speaking. It says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Right? God's the one who opens doors, and God's the one who closes doors. But it happens because we use our little power. Careful now, guys. have little power but when we're faithful with it when we choose to stand up for Jesus when we choose to stand up for Jesus God takes the little we have and he multiplies it he multiplies it and it helps us to have a greater impact than we ever thought possible so let me ask you this question this week how do you need to be faithful this week how do you need to be faithful this week? How can you use what God has given you to make a difference? Right? What, what two-inch decision? What two-inch decision do you need to make this week? What two-inch action do you need to make this week? See, God wants us just to, to think smaller. We don't have to tackle it all at once. We just got to take what we have and give it to God and allow Him to do the rest. So I want you to, to watch what can happen here. What can happen when we decide to make that two-inch decision? 
Oh, it's getting wild up here. We don't want any early fireworks. But it's amazing how God can multiply. And he can take the little things. And he can do something incredible. So are you ready to make that two-inch decision? Are you ready to surrender what you have and give it all to God? And it takes, scientists have discovered this, it takes 0.024 microjoules of energy to knock over a Don Murno. But it multiplies. So here goes nothing. I believe I believe that when we take that little two inch decision that God can answer those prayers that you put on that door that God not just opens it but he kicks the door down and he says I'm going to pour out blessing there I'm going to do the impossible today and I believe that God wants to do the impossible in our lives and he does that when we say I surrender God I give you everything take what I have and use it so today would you stand with me And I want to take a moment just to make a two-inch decision today. We're trying to reach the world. But before we can reach the world, we've got to reach the one. And so today, I want to take a two-inch, just a two-inch step. A couple different things. Today, maybe you need to make the the two-inch decision that will completely change your life by saying, God, I'm going to surrender everything to you. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you did that a long time ago, but you've been running ever since. Today, you can make that little decision of saying, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you are my Savior. I want to make you the Lord of my life. And that one little step can change everything in your life, and you'll never be the same. And today, there's many names on that door. There's many names that you have on your heart today of people that need to be reached for Jesus. So I want to take a moment. I just want to pray. I want to pray for those names. I want to pray for those names. Do you think we can do that together? So let's just, for the next few moments here as we have together, you can just stay right where you are, but I want you to take a step of faith and begin to pray for those names out loud. All right? Just a two-inch decision. So let's, let's do that right now. Right now, just begin to pray out loud. Just begin to pray for, for those people in your lives who, who need Jesus. Begin to pray out loud. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. This is a great place to, to lift up their names. If we can't speak here, how are we going to speak to them uh, out in the world? So let's just begin. Begin to lift up those names. Begin to lift up those names. Jesus, do it again. Jesus, do it again. God, would you do the miraculous? God, would you save these lives? Jesus, do it again. Just continue to pray. Continue to lift up. Call out heaven. Call out heaven on your friends and on your family members. Ask Jesus to move in your coworkers who don't know Jesus. That family next door that just moved in, begin to pray. God, would you do it? God, would you do it? God, would you do the impossible? God, would you do the impossible? God, we can't save anybody, but Lord, you can. Lord, you can, so God, would you move? Just begin to pray. Continue to pray. Jesus, 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 would you Jesus, would you move? Jesus, would you move? Jesus, would you move? Put people in our hearts, Lord. Put people in our hearts, Lord. If you 
you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and God's given you that, that prayer language, I encourage you, don't be shy. Speak that out today. Just begin to, to storm heaven. Begin to, begin to lift it up to him, God, that you would do the impossible, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, we need you, Lord. Jesus, we need you, oh, Jesus, would you do the impossible today? Jesus, would you do the impossible today? God, start a chain reaction. God, help us to reach the one. Help us to reach the one today. Oh, Jesus. God, we just pray that you would move in your people today. God, would you move in your people that not only would we pray about it, but God, that a fire would stir so great in our hearts that we wouldn't be able to do anything else other than to tell people about you tell our neighbors that we prayed for about you, to tell our family members about you. God, I pray that you would give us the right words to say. God, we may be nervous, we, but God, we know that you are in control. God, we know that the Holy Spirit is right there with us. So God, give us the boldness. God, give us the moments to reach out. And God, would you multiply it? God, would you multiply it until we can see all 7.75 billion people on this planet lift up the name of Jesus. God, that every knee would bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. So Lord, we, we trust in you today. God, would you do the impossible? Would you do the incredible? But we give you the little that we have and surrender today. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you today. You all got those dominoes. Take that home. Put it somewhere you can see it. It says, dream bigger, think smaller. And may that be a reminder every day to ask yourself, what, what little two-inch decision, what little two-inch action can I take today? Who can I share my faith with? Who can I pray for today? Let that just be a reminder of what God can do, that he can open up even the strongest of doors with just that little two-inch domino that you've got. These altars are open. If you need to take some time and just uh, take another two-inch step and say, God, I need to give some more things to you, I encourage you, come on down. If, if you prayed that prayer and you said, you know what, I want to know Jesus for the first time, come catch me after service. I, I would love to pray with you and celebrate with you and get you some resources to help you in your walk with Jesus. Church, I, I'm praying for a blessed week for everybody that God is going to use you, that God's going to bring a situation in your path where you're going to get to share your faith this week. So we have a blessed week, and may God use you in his power this week. In Jesus' name, amen.